Epiphany blessings to you all on this solemn Sunday of Christmas time. From today's Eucharistic prayer preface, the Church prays, quote, Today you have revealed the mystery of our salvation in Christ as a light for the nations. And when he appeared in our mortal nature, you made us new by the glory of his immortal nature." Unquote. These words, all the scriptures and prayers of this day help to focus and direct our attention as the grace of the Holy Spirit draws us more deeply into the mystery of the Nativity of Jesus and the implications this has for all of our lives. You are listening to Encountering Jesus with the Church Fathers, a podcast pondering patristic commentary and insight on the sacred scriptures, the sacred liturgy, and living as a disciple of Jesus Christ. I am your host, Father Mark, and I welcome you to this podcast on the Solemnity of the Epiphany of Our Lord. Guiding us on this solemnity in opening the Word of God is a revered doctor of the Church, St. Peter Chrysologus, who died in the year 450. As Archbishop of Ravenna, he was a zealous pastor and gifted preacher who contributed significant insights to the Nicene Constantinopolitan Creed, defending the true divinity and true humanity of the divine person, Jesus. In addition to the words of St. Peter Chrysologus that we will hear very shortly, I have also posted an article on my blog centered on the Magi and Christian discipleship. The link for that article is found in today's podcast description. Lastly, by way of announcements, prayers and blessings to a dear mentor and friend, Father Gaspar Gennardi. Happy feast day, Gappy. And now, from St. Peter Chrysologus, an excerpt from his sermon 156, entitled Epiphany and the Magi. Behold, there came Magi from the east. The Magi came from the east to the Orient, that he who had bade them come might receive them on their arrival. For When would a magus have sought God save by God's command? When would a stargazer have found the king of heavens save by God's revelation? When would a Chaldean, who served as many gods as there were stars in the sky, 
have adored the one God without God's aid. The Magi themselves are more of a heavenly sign than the star. For Amagus recognized the king of Judea and the author of the law, while the Judean does not. Chaldea pays deference, while Judea does not. Jerusalem turns away and plays apostate. Syria follows and adores. Behold, there came Magi from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is the newly born king of the Jews? We have seen his star. And what is that which is seen? Truly what the apostle said, Being rich, he became poor. When he was rich in his divinity, he became a poor man in our flesh. He who made, owns, and sustains all creation began to have one star. We have seen his star. At length, the Magus sees him who owns the star and is not possessed by it. He is not moved by the course of the star, but he himself moves the star, and he so directs its course through the sky and controls its pace and chooses its path that it serves and is sent for the Magi's advance. For when the Magus moves on, the star does too. When he sits, the star stands still. When he sleeps, the star keeps watch. Thus, the Magus perceives that those who journey under a common condition are under a common necessity of rendering service. Now, he does not believe the star to be a god, but he believes it to be his fellow servant, bound as he sees to giving service to himself. Where is the newly born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. By saying, Where is he who was born of the Jews? They do not ask a question, but taunt. When those who know the question, those who do not know, they themselves do not lack knowledge. Rather, they are reproving the negligent, challenging the lazy, betraying the evil, and chastising the haughty. They are lodging the charge that the servants have not met their lords in welcome. 
why would those address questions to men who already know from God what they're being asked about? What good would human information do them? Who, for their purpose, were receiving service from the stars of heaven? What good was the light of the temple for them who had marvelous light from a star of heaven? Where is the newly born king of the Jews? This is tantamount to saying, Why does the king of the Jews lie in a manger and not repose in the temple? Why is he not resplendent in purple rather than poorly clad in rags? Why does he lie hidden in a cave and not on display in the sanctuary? The beasts have received in a manger him whom you have disdained to receive in his house. As it has been written, the ox knows his owner and the ass his master's crib. But you, O Israel, have not sought out your master. We have seen his star. The star appeared not of itself, but by command, not because of the gravitation of heaven, but by an impulse of God, not because of the law of the stars, but of the novelty of signs, not because of any clear climate in the sky, but because of the power of him being born, not from art, but from God, not because of an astrologer's knowledge, but the creator's foreknowledge, not by an arithmetical reckoning, but by a divine decree. Through heavenly care, not Chaldean curiosity. Not through art of magic, but because of Jewish prophecy. Thus, when the Magus saw that humans' care had come to naught, that his own arts had failed, that the labors of worldly wisdom had been exhausted, that the perspiration of all the sects had congealed, and all the treasures of all philosophy had been emptied out, that the night of paganism had fled, and the clouds of opinion dissolved, that the very shadows of the devil had sculled into hiding, that the star was not like a comet with its surrounding tail, hiding what it was announcing, covering up what it was shining. When the Magus saw all this, he spoke. It is a divine decree that I see you in Judea, resplendent with a new ray, a significant light, and a steady splendor. And there, above the law of the universe, above the arrangement of flesh, above the nature of men, there, pointing out 
the king now born. With his error thus dispelled, he follows, he runs, he arrives, he finds, he rejoices, he falls prostrate, he adores. For though not through the star, not through his skill, but through the help of God has he found in astonishment God in human flesh. Therefore, brethren, the passage read today does not establish the error of magic. It dissolves it. But these remarks suffice for today, that with God's help, the matters which follow may become clear. St. Peter Chrysologus, pray for us. Let us pray. O God, who on this day revealed your only begotten Son to the nations by the guidance of a star, grant in your mercy that we who know you already by faith may be brought to behold the beauty of your sublime glory. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Go and announce the Gospel of the Lord.